hello and welcome to Reanimated. This is episode 294. I don't remember if I've said that one before, but uh, this time I'm pretty sure that's what the number is. It's Stuart, me. I'm West Coast, uh, California-based. Joining me is the New York-located H.A. Conrad. Hello. Hi. Uh, we have been off the air for... <laughs> we, haven't done a, we haven't done a month away in a long time, and it's been about a month. And um, that just kind of gives you an inkling that the world is slowly coming out of COVID uh, because we've been occupied we've had things going on other than sheltering in place well mainly lots of work for me but you know there we go um but a little bit of travel so that was kind of nice local travel but nice nonetheless yeah um today we're going to be trying to close the loop on fear the walking dead very belatedly admittedly but we want to at least you know put a bow on this thing and send it off wherever these kinds of shows need to go, deserve to go, uh, not to show my hand too much. This is also, we've also got a lot of news to talk about. So um, without further adieu, H.A., uh, do you want to talk about this trailer we, uh, that came out? It dropped, I yeah, think, last week. Um, it's Kingdom. Um, it, and, you know, for those of you who watched Kingdom like and like us, loved it, you'll be excited to see this trailer. It looks pretty cool. Um, it's Asheen of the North. And... I mean, it has that same feel um, of the of the kingdom, and um, I didn't see quite as many hats, but I am sure they are in there somewhere. Yeah, um, there are hats in there. I'm, I I kid, um, <laughs> but um, I don't know. Like, I think production, especially for something at this scale, has to have been um, delayed because it's just like a lot of um, just a lot of people and I, I, like if you watch kingdom the the number of extras and also the um the the sort of like the size of the cast is is pretty massive it's usually pretty big yeah right and this um, is not this coming is, out this is coming out soon End yeah of, but uh, this is going to be released july 23rd so i say all that and yeah. i mean it looks exactly as it, as you would hope that it would look given that it's a kingdom um kind of offshoot um this appears to tell the story of the woman who was revealed at the end of season two when they're like in a village in the north i believe it was the prince or i'm not sure i kind of hazy on the on the end of that season but there they did suddenly introduce a a lady and she seemed to be living with some zombies or something so i'm not sure might be a baddie but this appears to be her backstory from the trailer yeah and it's also supposed to be um the the reveal of the origin of the resurrection plant and then it's also i mean so it's what they're calling basically a side quill <laughs> i guess side to, to kingdom which i think is kind of funny um but it looks great so i'm excited to watch it the trailer looks awesome so definitely check it out if you have not yet and i am i think uh we're gonna have to review it clearly when it comes I mean, out so we don't have too long to wait we don't have long to wait and it's going to be a busy summer because we've all, we've also got black summer uh, season two yep. to talk about. And that has been, this is not in our show notes, HA, but I mean, I'm sure that, I don't know if you've been able to stay away from watching it. I had to watch a couple episodes. I did not. You sent me the, the sort of the link and I, I did not watch it yet because I want to watch it closer to when we review it because I have a habit of yeah. messing things up if we if we if we end up doing it like a couple episodes at a time I don't want to mess it up for everybody so I also sent you that little um, review that Simon Pegg did on yes, on his social media he's just walking around recording he's like I just finished binge watching season two of Black Summer and oh my gosh what an amazing show and it's it's bleak and depressing but in all the best ways and he he just had some really good feedback and. Um, I actually saw that because Kelsey Flowers had uh, uh, shared it on his social media. Black Summer is also on our to-do list. Kingdom, Ashen of the North, also on our to-do list. I feel like Walking Dead Season 11 has a release date of August now, I think. Um, and also, like, there's, I do think there's going to be a Kingdom Season 3, but that had been delayed because of COVID. So at least this will keep people, hopefully happy for in the meantime um while they work on that um but yeah i'm excited i'm, I'm definitely excited to see that and i'm excited to to review um the the black summer yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a busy a busy couple months here uh, and then so other things that i thought were happening but apparently aren't um 
the showrunners of Fear the Walking Dead were doing some like postseason wrap up interviews and like live AMAs on Twitch and stuff. Um, and one of the things that they revealed it was Ian Goldberg. Uh, re- he revealed that basically the submarine webisodes thing hasn't even happened yet. It's like an yeah. idea. It's a, it's a script. And I yet, know, right? So mm-hmm. he, and he does. He also uh, reveals in this interview. It's on uh, CBRcomicbook.com. He reveals that yeah, like some of the details were leaked. And yeah, I mean, I agree because I was talking about this this re- weird, massive spoiler about the submarine. I feel like before even the mid season finale or at the mid season finale, somehow someone just blasted this unless it was a fan theory that just was like right on uh this felt like a huge leak and and then to find out that these webisodes haven't even really started they're not in production essentially at least that's what goldberg's saying because i do think that there's a lot of good storytelling seeds at least in these two episodes that we're talking about especially where it comes to the submarine they they drop some hints and they have some they have some real stuff that they could work with yeah um, and I think there's a lot to go on here. And I agree with you. Like I, I kind of was on the, under the impression that this was already going. So I was a little surprised, but you know, what are you going to do? Um, and then the other bit of news that really enraged you. God damn. <laughs> I'm going to let you reveal this one. Another one from comicbook.com uh, from another interview where who was it that Ian Goldberg again, post season live stream with the TWD universe on Twitch. Um, so there was an episode that HA and I, I think were fairly uh, critical of called things left to do. It is, it might even be the one where Virginia gets capped at the end of the episode, but it's certainly the one where Morgan has like taken her away from that ridiculous shootout in the streets of Lawton. Um, and they are like going to the water tower and then getting rolled up on by Sherry and Raleigh. That episode was written completely accidentally with no walkers in it. Zero zombies in a Fear the Walking Dead episode and not on purpose. And he admits as much. Mm. And I don't know if there's something wrong with me that that makes me think, how do you have this job? (laughs) How are you the showrunner for a zombie show? I was also enraged and I felt like this was just also a weird thing to reveal and admit to. Don't you? It's like, very, so, yeah. So I, mean, I, I just was like sort of surprised. Maybe it's just like, transparency and we should be grateful, but maybe, I don't know. But so they had to put one in and post. They had to do some pickup shots, which is a thing you do, I guess, after you've shot the initial thing, you go back and you have to do some other shots. And so they put in the one zombie where Colby Minifee, like for some reason tries to go under a tree instead of around it. And then a zombie is on the other side of the tree. And then, yeah. So that was the one zombie that they put in as an afterthought. And I do believe we mentioned that there were very few zombies in this episode when we were reviewing it or recapping it. But I, I didn't for a minute think that they... Yeah, same. Yeah. So mind blown. All right. So are we ready to jump into this and wrap this puppy up? Night of the Animated Dead? Oh, shoot. I forgot about that one. Sorry. Before we get into that, there is a whole, a new Night of the Living Dead animated style, and it's got like a really cool cast. Um, Katie Sackhoff, um, who most people remember, uh, I think most lovingly from um, Battlestar Galactica, but she's in tons of stuff. It was a long time ago now, Battlestar, but yeah. I know, but that's still to me, that's like the Katie, but she's in like so many different things. Um, yeah. And more recently, um, the. Um, Oh, Star Wars vehicle. Why am I blanking? She was in a Star the Wars Mandalorian. Show? Oh yeah, she's she's in the Mandalorian. Yeah, as um, what's uh, her name? One of the Mandalorian ladies. Yeah, but she's you know she is a beloved sci-fi hero in my book, and so like actor, yeah. here and tons of stuff. So good to to see that her voice is here. Uh, James Rode Rodriguez from Psych um is it it has a voice in there josh duhamel it's dumel um, i believe sorry um and jimmy simpson um and and, dule hill don't you love psych did you say that i do love love psych wait dule hill's in it too i guess i didn't see that yeah he's the he's ben oh cool who's the Um, yeah the leading the leading right you got a pretty solid psych grouping here because jimmy simpson was also in psych so, so there you go. Um, and Will so, Sasso, who is a pretty funny dude. I don't know. He's going to be a sheriff, I guess. Uh, yeah, either way. Um, do you know who Catherine Isabel is? No. Uh, she's playing Barbara. Uh, anyway, yeah. So you there's a. I don't. <laughs> I don't <know> who she is. <laughs> Let's see who she is so that we're not looking dumb. 
Oh, you know, too late. Any for more, that. any more ignorant than we normally are. She's a Canadian she actress. actress. Oh, I do know who she is. Um, have you ever seen? It's like a, a kind of a weird culty, and I think we've talked about it once or twice before. A weird culty, um werewolf film from 2000 called ginger snaps which is good no i haven't seen that um so basically it's the premise of this is that these girls turn into werewolves because they're hitting puberty or that's the implication Ah. um i think there's something else to it but she's one of the people from that um she was in some episodes of hannibal which was a really dark and edgy show and she was in psych (laughs) yeah there you go i guess Uh, this is a pretty big psych maybe it's just a psych reunion yeah um which you know psych i am i'm still again i think it's a great uh it's definitely a great uh i don't want to call it a blue sky it's a show but it's a comforting it's a comforting show yeah i, I think um, that is that's where it is it's like a, a crime procedural with very little um bad vibes right crime procedural but they also uh have a lot of throwbacks to pop culture and especially you know um they'll do like silly little reference episodes so they had like a twin peaks episode and um you know there's there's so many like that that's just the one that comes to mind but anyway throwing it out there so this is this has been given a rating by the mpa which means i think that it must be done right they must have seen a a a screener of it so i there's nothing it says in the fall it'll be released by warner brothers home entertainment so i'm i don't know i'm excited um yeah, so I'm excited about this. This will be very happens. cool. So we'll have to, to check it out when it comes out. And now we can actually wrap this puppy up. Sorry With about that. one more off-road thing. Oh, wait, I didn't think this was part of it. <laughs> I mean, it's not, but I want to say. You just want to bring in the Missouri. Koi. I want to bring in the koi. Like there was a post on um, Missouri Department of Conservation's in, uh, Facebook where they have a dude holding a goldfish which is at least the length of his torso this is a grown man and he's holding a nine pound koi and they're saying don't throw your pets into the i guess blue springs lake over the weekend uh so this koi this koi must have been disposed of at some much smaller size and has grown and grown and grown and they're invasive and um so yeah just don't do that because otherwise you'll have monster koi yep so don't don't do it. Don't do it. I don't even think um, they make good eating. So it's like there's nothing. There's no real advantage to having nine pounds of koi. No. However, USS Pennsylvania and the beginning are the two episodes we're going to be talking about today for Fear the Walking Dead. They were both actually the last. Yeah, uh, the first one was written by Nick Bernadoni and Nazrin Chowdhury and directed by Heather Capiello. We have heard Nick and Nazrin's names before. I don't remember if we've seen other work directed by Heather Capiello, but USS I feel Pennsylvania. Like there might have been one, but this is definitely, you know. These are some recognizable names for Fear the Walking Dead in season six, I would say. Yeah. I, I'm sure that they got really excited about having an episode in a submarine and all of the things that that would entail. I do think that, especially, you know, still with some of the pandemic restrictions, it gave them a specific set so that they could sort of, you know, block off certain things and have certain actors together and not, and that kind of thing. It's probably an um, expensive set. Cause it, it was it, an expensive set. It looks like yeah. an expensive set. Um, yeah. I do, you know, the idea of them being in a submarine on land is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but um, I will say that some of the things that annoy me in general about this season kind of continue to annoy me. Um, you know, the, 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 the whole premise that you've got Teddy, is going to take out everybody because reasons, um, you know, to start everything over again, that he's chosen Alicia basically as his redeemer. Um, I don't know. Like if you have somebody as nuts as him who thought what he was doing was right in the first place, I don't know that he would have gotten there. And, you know, of course they set up what you would expect them to set up with him and uh, Dakota. I don't know. I, I do have questions about what our expectations are supposed to be of his. I, I first start asking the question in, in this, like in the opening of this episode where he and Dakota are having this conversation that's very strangely lit. And then you realize yep. they're inside a submarine, but he's talking about how he is the person for her. He understands her like nobody else will. He doesn't want her to be any different from like, this is the theme of these two episodes is Teddy manipulating Dakota, but there's a sexual thing going on here. Am I wrong? Definitely is. There definitely is. And it was almost getting there. Oh, I mean, 
there definitely is that going on here. That's super um, gross. And it's really gross because she's pretty young. Um, she and- is not um, like she is not fawning over Teddy. It's no. all it's all from him down to her. And it's Sue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it gave you it gives you the creeps. You're not wrong. It's there. And I was like, oh, God, I will admit um, spoiler for the next episode. There was a moment before, you know, they get interrupted where I'm like, oh, my God, let's not go here. Yeah, but they were definitely going there. They were going there. Um, Although I'm not sure that she would have accepted that. I think she would also because she's definitely looking at I mean, she lost her mom. She's kind of like been I mean, as much as, you know, she may her interactions with John Dory, like she she's definitely looking at people in general more as parental figures. She's certainly not looking at Teddy in a romantic partner kind of a way. Um, but she also is very much looking for acceptance and the vibe that they give with his interactions with her is to me very specifically like grooming her basically Yeah. to be receptive. Like, and look, there's, they've hinted a bit at his culty leadership thing. So I don't think that that's totally out of left field in terms of what they're prepping, but I was just glad that they didn't get there. Cause I was like, I don't know if I can stomach this kind of weird, creepy interaction. Um, so they, yeah. they definitely heavily imply it. And I yep. Yeah, so there is that going on. Absolutely. Um, and, and I do think that they are totally focusing on the fact that Dakota, she may feel a little bit of guilt about what she's done to John Dory, or maybe a lot of guilt, but ultimately yeah. she really wants acceptance and which is why she's totally gun ho now. I mean, she's, she's, absolutely his follower she's going to do the things that he tells her to do even her interactions with him um up until you know there's a reveal in the next episode yeah um, basically are, she's, she, she's sorry she's on board. yeah she's okay. on board and she's ready to die and it's not just acceptance she's ready to sac- she's yeah, ready yeah. to be a sacrificial lamb um and and they even talk about it uh yeah everyone here is aware they're going to die um, but then they, he mentions that, uh, and there's in this episode there are a few references to this caravan of SUVs that we don't get to see. Uh, there's like a lot of talk from the AKA good guy, or the you know the quote unquote good guys. It's like, oh my gosh, you know Teddy brought all of his people, and it's just him, Riley, and Dakota inside the submarine. We don't actually see any other baddies in this episode. In the next episode, there are two cultists who are who appear in one of the sequences so it's it's to me it's like this weird thing where they were trying to set up maybe the, it was like an, a red herring and they're trying to get the audience to think oh yeah teddy's brought his whole cult to here to uh, to help you know do this this part of the plan but they haven't at all no and and you know and i would say even the the two that make an appearance in the next episode are kind of throwaway cultists like definitely just, we've never seen know. them before and they, um, they seem to be not embracing the cult message right and but, that yeah. and actually that is what sort of struck me about these episodes and again maybe it was production limitations because of the pandemic which is absolutely possible um that they couldn't have more of these people on set or they just didn't or they just didn't have a ton of time because they were trying to basically show all these stories. Um, I noticed just a like that seems like it would have been a point of stress contention because once people actually realize that this thing is real and that they're going to die, I felt like you would probably have a lot more panic. Um, and maybe, you know, we see it's just a tiny amount of that with the the sort of Sherry and, and Dwight little section of the, yeah. the next episode but i feel like it would have been more impressive because they had all these people remember we saw them in the underground bunker um mm-hmm. that they had all prepared and um i don't think that they led all of those people like uh, who knows who's in the thing with alicia but it felt like there should have been a lot more people that he was leading into as lambs to their death, basically. Yeah. Like there's, well, there's obviously like there's, drinking, drinking the Kool-Aid, so to speak. Um, and, so. Yeah, and there are two parts of his community. There are the ones who he thinks are the future. And there are the ones that he is like, all right, you guys are just going to help me realize the plan. And Dakota's fallen into that camp, right? The second, well, maybe uh, at least that's what we think until the end of the next episode. Um, right. So but basically, a, a lot of those dudes got killed by Morgan, though, in the in the Grace pregnancy scene. Not a lot, but like true. he killed about some, four. 
He killed four four of Riley's friends. But not as many. I mean, but even Teddy implies that there's like a lot more running around, right? So that's sort yeah. Of it, what, it's actually not even just think. Teddy. It's like um, the other people are like, "Oh, watch out for all!" And like he he seems to have shown up with a caravan, but we never. It's just weird. It's just weird writing. Like, why do you feel yeah, like you need like to even because yeah, it would have been weird anyway. But to keep like referring to it is strange. Um, but anyway, and we have and then we have you know the whole like the whole sort of premise where you've got your your Morgan's team trying to stop the warhead from going off. Yeah, so um, Morgan's team that shows up, I do want to discuss who shows up, who is in yeah. this like rescue team of, we're, you know, Strand got the radio message from Alicia from the previous episode and obviously like called everybody. This is an all hands, except that it's not. And it's weird who who is there with one specific inclusion to who is weird. So we've got Strand, Morgan, June, John Sr., Raleigh, uh, Sarah, Charlie, Lucy, Wes, Grace, who's there with Rufus, Daniel Salazar, and Jacob, the rabbi. Oh, and then there's Sherry and Dwight on the horse that Sherry didn't kill. Yes. They're really like a- attached to this story of how they only have one horse now, one I feel horse. like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's also Isaac's wife, Rachel, and her newborn baby. Not newborn anymore, maybe four, six months old. But one of these kids is not like the other. Why is Rachel there? And I mean, we know why, because of what happens in the next episode. But realistically, practically, why is a probably breastfeeding new mother on this mission? Why isn't she home with the, in the lake? Right. It's questionable. It's, it's 100% questionable. I think she does get on the radio at one point in this episode to like give some plans because like a lot of these people don't go into, most of them don't go into the submarine. There's like six of them who go in. All these other people are just running around off camera, apparently going to a naval base to read plans over the radio. And I think Rachel does that at one point, but I'm like, yeah, I mean, she's only, I mean, we know she's only here to so that she can die. Yeah. And do whatever. And, and so we can have that nice tie in at the end of the next episode. But how odd. It was very weird. And also, why does she have the dog? Um, that's also strange. At the, yeah, but she doesn't at the beginning of this. It's Ra- Grace has Rufus, but by right. the end of this, then Rachel has what you know, fine, fine. Just don't kill Rufus, and we'll be okay. Show we won't be okay, but I'll be better if you don't kill Rufus. Um, so they, it, it's remarkably easy. It turns out to just like a settling torture way into a nuclear submarine. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Remarkably easy. Um, we got a lot of the walkie-talkie action going on. Not shocking. It's Fear the Walking Dead. Um, and, you know, their whole goal is to get to the, the room, the launch room. Um, there's lots of talk about radiation. And they use this as a plot point, once again, where there's dangerous walkers that are, you know, irradiated. And also that there's a dangerous level that could be a danger to Morgan and to others. Yet, yeah. conveniently, that sort of disappears-ish. It's the thing, the the level that that Grace is like, okay, if it goes above 20,000, was it 20 or 40,000? That's really bad, Um, which is, and I looked it up. It's like, I think she says 20,000 millirem, which is only 46 Röntgen. And if you've watched um, Chernobyl recently, that's less than the 64 Röntgen that they they were like, oh, it's not bad, but it's not great. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I think maybe it's, I don't know. I'm not a, a, a radiation specialist and Grace clearly is. And so are the showrunners who write for her, but they, they seem to be throwing out numbers that are a little low compared with what we saw. Well, what we have seen in Chernobyl, which I do give more points for being technically accurate, I think. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like they, it's again, they're going to go through this thing. They have a lot of like, I will say I like the idea of the submarine crew sort of wandering around and they show like their bunks in the close quarters. And I thought some of that stuff was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, they do have the, you know, inevitable Morgan going to try to sacrifice himself thing. Mm. Um, one thing with the walkie talkie play, which, or at least the communication play, which I was like, Oh, come on. Is that they have this whole sort of back and forth with Teddy which I think everybody was, I was expecting, but he gets in on the comms that are, that are on the submarine and basically is like egging them on. They egg him on. And then John Dory Sr. gets involved, which I'm like, why on earth would you try to agitate this crazy man? 
if you know that he's trying to launch this thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're going to sort of make sort of kick him into higher gear. Maybe you think it doesn't matter, but it's sort of like John Dory Sr. does his whole posturing where he's like, I'm going to take you out. Oh, it's yeah. me. I put you in prison. You know what I mean? Like, there's all this like silly, ridiculous stuff. He, um, it's pretty funny too when he's describing the bullet that he's going to put into Teddy's head. He's just staring daggers at Morgan the entire time, and I'm like, "What?" Yeah, it's like it just felt like, "Why are you looking at Morgan in this insanely creepy way?" Like, like I don't know. It's it's and eventually there's the whole thing where both Morgan and and Strand are vying to sacrifice themselves, and then Morgan's all mad at at Strand because he says he wasted time. Yet in the meantime, somehow manages to grab how many different access cards from these yeah, walkers he, and Morgan to, does. Where, yeah, that that is an interesting kind of development where Morgan is like, we we could have gotten through that door if you hadn't wasted time. Exactly. Yes. But this is you're also uh, uh, forgetting that this is after Strand has tried to murder Morgan. No, <laughs> like, he did. It's true. <laughs> yeah, but that's a big deal. It's Strand true. straight up tries to sacrifice. He tries to do a um, you remember season two of Walking yeah, Dead when Shane shoots uh, Otis in the leg. Uh, it's almost it's basically a, I'm going to shoot Otis in the leg, which is more I'm going to kick Morgan into a crowd of sailors. Extremely unlikely that Morgan comes out of this without a bite. But, oh, you know, right. it's Morgan. He's got plot armor as thick as uh, the walls of the yep, submarine. Yep. No, no bite. Not like, you know, these mystery bites that often appear on characters, <laughs> um, but also manages to grab all the access cards of all these random shambling walkers. Yeah, um, I will say not in defense of Strand, but kind of in line with his character. He thinks that he's doing this for the greater good, um, ultimately. And this but then it's the... like one scene later, he gets ambushed and disarmed by Dakota. Right, right. So, so that didn't work out so well. Um, but and, and then, you know, you have to stand up between Dakota and like Morgan takes her down, but not out. But she, and then... she gets on the radio or the comms, the boat comms, and is like, you're going to want to hear why strand just murdered morgan and you guys aren't any better than me and how dare you suggest that i as a psychopath are not fit to be in your community which i don't feel like anybody's actually said to her um but she wants she wants the freedom to stay a psychopath that's i think her argument but she so she makes the speech about how morgan has been murdered by strand and then grace who has the headphones on is like no and so it's breaking down i'm like why are you believing dakota about anything ever uh, and then, of course, Morgan's like, I'm fine, 30 seconds later. And, and Grace again loses her shit. <laughs> and you're just like, lady, get get it together. Stop. Well, and also, you, you know, he's in a submarine. There's there's radiation anyway. Like, the chances of any of you coming out, okay, we're also kind of low. And I think everybody knew that going in. It's, so, yeah. so anyway, but um, they have the whole sort of, like, big, you know, moment of confrontation with Teddy and uh riley are um did you expect them to get the missiles off i thought they would i thought it would be so what i thought was going to happen is that they might get one off but that it was just it went into the ocean or something like that like i didn't think they were actually gonna have it hit and like anywhere that realistically was going to like i just thought that it would be sort of a misfire basically Right. Um, so and so I did expect them to get one off, but I thought it might be, you know, basically. Um, no, you didn't think that they were going to irradiate their um, season seven. No, I did not. Yeah, me neither. I thought they would find a way to uh, disable it or disarm it. But even while they're doing it, Riley is telling Teddy, I stopped something like this once. They, they don't have the skills to do this. And I was like, all right, there's a hook for the webisodes. I want to see that episode. Looks cool. Like, let's cool. Let's see what Riley was like as a good guy, maybe. Um, so they're, they're definitely laying groundwork for these things to be cool. And and yet there's, they're just not, not out there yet, which is a missed opportunity. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so there's, and then that sort of leads into the next episode where Morgan does like this big, uh, again, once again, <laughs> over walkie-talkie, their favorite, their favorite plot device. Um, basically, oh, he's, how many times has he delivered one of these? Oh my gosh! Soliloquies by by walkie, like this might be the end. Live your life the way you want to live it. I mean, like we've done this so many times on this show, and it's been Morgan every time. Yeah, 
Um, and you get to hear his monologue like six times this episode because they keep playing it for every character. Every character has their own little like vignette and you have to hear Morgan multiple times say this ridiculous thing. Um, and, you know, you see and then there's like these it's sort of like they try to cram in everything that they couldn't. And so you've got, you know, the group that's that's with Daniel Salazar um, and like you know, Each of them have a title card too. The, the first yeah, yeah, one yeah. is actually the beginning, which is Rachel with her baby Morgan. Oh, that's right. And so Rufus. they have that. And, and, and again, this we don't is, know why she's out there, but well, we do, we do because this is the scene where we figure out she's going to try to t- change the tire on her truck. Um, she's in a truck that she had arrived in with Raleigh. Raleigh is not with her now. Nobody is. No other human other than a baby is with her. And I feel like. That, that's odd because when you look at the end of the last episode, mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of people standing on the hillside watching the missile fly away. And yep. so when, when, they, when they all decide to run away, nobody is like, uh, I should go with Rachel because she is a <laughs> nursing mother with an infant. Like, it's bananas. And of course, you know, we see that like Raleigh, Sarah, Jacob, Lucy, Daniel, and Charlie are all in the MRAP in this, yep. in this episode. So that they just... I mean, I know what's happened happening here. It's, but it's, it's so. Yeah, it just doesn't work for me. It, it doesn't work for me at all. And and they introduced this character. They gave her a tiny bit of screen time in the first episode of the season, and a little bit here and there in the middle, all just to have her stick her leg under a jack that she could tell was collapsing, so that she could get a compound fracture and die. Yep. And how much were you feeling that this was a very, very similar to cargo? Oh yeah. Oh, this is a hundred percent a cargo nod. Yeah. If not a nod, a, a complete ripoff. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. The only um, thing missing here. I mean, the thing is she has Rufus to lead her, uh, which Martin Freeman never did. Right. He didn't have a dog. True. He had um, that girl like dangling meat in front of his face, I think. The, the the tween girl i forget her name from the from the movie version yeah it was a t- you're 100 right it was totally cargo um and then the other issue with this whole thing is that this baby has been crying the dog like i just don't know that they get to where they're going without some walkers being attracted to them like, yeah but somehow they managed to do that or um, um you know rachel turning around in circles to try and get to the crying thing on her back correct but maybe having the dog in front of her keeps her focused i don't know um but ultimately like and i'm gonna like jump a little bit ahead because with the grace and morgan vignette they're they're both basically saying bizarro things about athena and about they're gonna sacrifice they're gonna like kill themselves so they don't have to watch each other die with radiation poisoning Mm -hmm. and yet suddenly that all goes away when this baby comes onto the scene yeah for morgan i feel like grace um has a pretty weird like, look on her face <laughs> at the end when Morgan's like, I think this is a gift. And you look at Grace's face behind him and she's like kind of frowning. Yeah, I think she was like, no, I still want to kill myself. God damn yeah, it, Morgan. Pretty, it's really weird. Um, <laughs> so, so there's that. And then we've got Dwight and Sherry riding around together on this horse. And <sighs> Poor horse. this is the only place really where the culty members other than the one on the big, uh, the, you know, M- the, the big summary. Truck. Yeah, no, 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 the MRAP, whatever it is, MRAP uh, shows up. Um, but, you know, they do this whole ridiculous thing where they go into this house, get warm beer. There's a family there. And Sherry then- has this whole come to Jesus where she's like, yeah, oh, I like- wasted so much time. And she's just saying all the things that I've been saying about her all season. Yeah, she's like, why are you being like- so dumb and angry all the time? You're not accomplishing anything. You should be mad at Negan. Right. And also, you guys reunited. That's kind of a big deal, but maybe not. So she know. says all the things we were thinking, and then they're like attacked by the people who live in this house, who are named characters. If you look at the uh, like the the cast list, so I mean, all of these little vignettes are setting up something for next season. But of course, Shambles and Goldberg are awesome at dropping threads, like the children from the campsite. Um you know all kinds of other people who have just kind of wandered out of the show so they might not stick around but i think their names are like kim and something i forget uh and they have a daughter and dwight and sherry decide to do the noble thing 
However, can I also point out that ultimately they do kill the horse because they. Oh, yeah, they totally kill that horse. <laughs> that, that horse, they just let it run away into yep. its poor radiation. Irradiated oh, what? Were they going to bring it into the shelter and then no, lose, saying, like, freak out and kill saying, them all with its hooves? Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Um, no, they kill the horse. They, they hide in the shelter with these people. This horse death was more justified. And I use that in air quotes because, you know, but you, you're like, yeah, I will sacrifice the horse to get the doors open so that we can get into the shelter. But yeah. they, the one that Sherry killed was for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Right. And we have a uh, strand wandering into this hotel, listening to some blues, meeting like an historian um, and basically taking on the mantle of Morgan in a super strange way, like trying yeah. to hold himself up to be a hero. And that's kind of odd. And also only lasts about 20 minutes where right. he's like, my name is Morgan Jones. Pleased to meet you. I'm a good person. And then, mm-hmm. oh, no, I'm not. I'm Victor Strand and I'm a bad person and I deserve all of your stuff. <laughs> I'm like Howard. You should be. You should be killing him. Howard is played by Omid Omid Abtahi, who um, we should know from American Gods and The Mandalorian. He was the doctor who was yeah. going to do experiments on Grogu from The Mandalorian. <laughs> I remember him? Like he's so, great. Yeah, like uh, a, a very recognizable actor. He uh, and as Howard the historian, which is great. He uh, he does look a little bit chagrined at having welcomed Strand into his. Uh, shelter. I do think the right the right thing and reasonable thing to do, having listened to Strand deliver his evil laugh and evil uh, monologue at the end of the episode, should have been just to shoot this guy. This guy's bad news. You can all everybody knows it, right? Because yeah, spoiler alert: Strand has gone full evil. Strand is now Strand will be the big bad. There'll oh, probably yeah. be some other ones too because you know got to complicate it a little bit. But yeah, we 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 and this is the one thing that I do think that Shambles and Goldberg have done a good job with. They have resuscitated this character and and brought him back into interesting territory. Like him trying to murder Morgan and then trying to, and then being like, oh, I am Morgan Jones because he was a good person and I'm a bad one. And then being like, actually, screw that. I'm, I love being a bad man and my name is Victor Strand and I'm going to be bad. Yeah, this this does work for me as a story, as story be- uh, beats. Yeah. Even if it's a little weird to do all the flip-flopping. I guess. Um, and then the last like vignette, um, which they, you know, is with, um, um, a whole bunch Teddy, of people, Dakota. Oh, no, no, sorry. Oh yeah. There's, there's two the, other vignettes. Yeah. There's two others. Uh, let's talk about the, the vehicle one, which is, you know, we've got the group of people there, you know, Raleigh is kind of leading the way in driving. There's a whole thing with a flat tire and Daniel Salazar is basically like, I've been hearing these coordinates. I think it's a safe place to go. And given Daniel's track record, I don't know that I'd be following him. No, Um, but when you listen, if you go back and listen to the voice on the radio and it's super garbled, but at the beginning of his, uh, of the, of his cutscene or whatever you want to call it, uh, Dame Arma, I think it's called. mm -hmm. You can hear it's Al's voice. Like it's, it's garbled, but that's Al. You can hear it. it. And it's the only place that like, um, we'll, we'll talk about this in a second, but like she and Alicia are not in this episode at all. Um, so that's yeah. kind of strange that we're doing all this stuff and we don't see them at all. Like, um, did we know that Al was going to bugger off and go find Isabel, Isabella? No, I don't think so. Um, so in any case, um, there, there's this whole thing going on. I also think it's, it's like we've got Raleigh and Riley in the same vehicle and Riley <laughs> has given up the coordinates of the hotel really quickly, which again, they're culty and crazy, so you would think that they would have had some suspicion of this willingness to share this info, since especially since this is like their whole uh, reason for doing everything is to have this civilization that's that none of these people. Like, of course, they're not going to give you the information. Um, and so I thought this was like a pretty quick, weird thing. Um, Riley makes a reference to, a, to like that like a leash is like a phoenix and whatever and then daniel offhand hears raleigh say something and just shoots him (laughs) yeah it's it's an insane hot take by daniel who is like not totally sure of his own cognitive you know abilities but he he, he he, if you hear somebody say the word phoenix you get to shoot them in the head is the takeaway from this oh and wendell is like somewhere back at the i should also say like you know, there's this whole thing where he's back at the. the we don't know where he is. Sarah can't talk. Rant, can't raise him on the radio. Yeah. Um, and then they all, you know, then decide because of Daniel's hot take that they're going to go and, and 
to use these coordinates to get there. And that's, that's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just, I don't know, like, like given Daniel's track record, this seems like an unbelievable thing, but they have these weird moments, um, within this vignette where the rabbi is, is basically like, um, reassuring, uh, while while they're Sarah, yeah. Sarah while they're, while she's trying to fix the brakes, reassuring her that she and her her brother will meet again someday, and that in heaven I think is the be okay, yeah. and all this other. It was a very. It's like it's kind of like they wanted to just cram everything that they couldn't do earlier into this one weird, strange episode. Yeah, but. well, they certainly couldn't have you know put another one of these extra people in the car with Rachel. All right, I'll leave that one alone now. Hey, you know what is good about this uh, vignette is that Lucy is the boss. She yep. is barking orders. It's like they've been listening to our podcast. She is barking orders. She's making the decisions. She's like, Daniel, do you think that you know where these coordinates are? He's like, well, I don't know whose voice it was. She's like, okay, we're going with Raleigh. Right, right. And right. then Raleigh's dead. She's like, okay, Daniel, it's your plan now. But yes. she's the one making all the decisions. So Sarah is like saluting her almost and like being like, okay, boss, let's go. Well, and actually early in the ep other episode, they were relying on Lucy to sort of guide them through like with the- Yeah, the Lucy was the main voice like on the radio. She yeah. was, so she was taking a key role, a leadership role, which I'm really happy. Again, still not enough, but I was glad to see that they at least did it a little bit with it. Yeah, it's it's absurd that it, it hasn't felt like she's been in leadership roles until now. But this episode, at least, it's not like she had some scenes where she gets to shine as an actor. Denai Guerrero, not Denai Guerrero, Denai Garcia. Those two names are very similar. Um, but it, it's it's better than it was, and so I'll take it. Yeah, agreed. Um, the, and then the and helicopter then the last... showing up is is a bit odd. Not odd. It's it's great. It's a Deus Ex Machina. It's like oh yes and. After months of trying, Al has managed to get a hold of Isabel and uh, co convinced her to help, which is like Isabel. The only thing to... missing from this was Dwight being like, is it the beer lady? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she just shows up, saves the day. Wes almost doesn't make it on the helicopter because he stops to paint something that nobody will ever see because there's a nuclear explosion about to happen. Like what was why? Uh um, and then the, the last vignette I think that we will talk about is the Teddy Dakota vignette with um, June and John, John Sr. and June. And, you know, thankfully they did not get to the point where he was. I honestly like at the lead up to this particular He's, vignette, I did think that they were going to pull a like Teddy having sex with her and with Dakota. And I was like really grateful they got interrupted. He definitely um, starts smooching on her by when right when senior shows up, right? He's right. Smooch, he's like he's gone from pater almost paternal to just straight up like kissing her all over her head. Yeah. And and she starts to have a moment where she's like, "Oh, I don't I don't know about this," but is interrupted, thankfully. I was really like really happy that they got interrupted. Let's just say I I breathed a sigh of relief. Yeah. It was it was nasty. And I will say, John Glover plays the creepy dude really well. He does an excellent job at this. Yes. What um, are other things that we know John Glover from? Well, you know, my biggest thing that I remember him originally in was um, Gremlins. Uh, Gremlins 2, I think. Was he um, ba a bad guy in that? Yep. He's a bad, badish guy. Um, he's also in Scrooged. Um, and I think from a, you know, series point of view, he was in Smallville, I believe also as a villain. Um, so he plays this kind of role pretty well. Um, and I've never see, quite seen him in this light, but I, you know, I think he did a good job and that beard. Do we want to talk about crazy beard? Cause that beard is beyond crazy beard. I mean, I don't know how he eats food and it's without getting gross. it in there. It's pretty pristine considering he lives in a post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic society. And um, I mean, I'm surprised that he does not have a lot of stuff in that beard that we can see. I feel like it's there. We just don't see it. We can't see it. I think it's, um, a, it's a gorgeous piece of hair. <laughs> and uh, John Glover should be very proud, assuming that it's not a prosthetic. <laughs> well, anyway, they have the big standoff and the big reveal and the big betrayal, which is basically that. Um, is it? I mean, like the big reveal or the big what John Dory telling Dakota the only reason you're here is because he needs two keys to turn at the same time. Right. And they're like 20 feet apart. And she's like, what? You don't, you don't really believe in me and trust me. I'm like, 
is that all it took? Right. Is that really all it took? And um, the fact that there was like a, you know, a shelter there basically. And the shelter. There were two um, two things. I would uh, also yeah. say, based upon his seriously creepy behavior, is that he he wanted like to have a partner yeah. <laughs> to survive whatever this thing was. Yeah, I think his plan so was I don't to, think it was just yeah. about the keys, but um, yeah, I right. definitely think that his whole philosophy fell apart there for her. But the whole, like the other part that I don't, and I have to admit, like, please, if I am being overly, if I am missing something here, please jump in. I don't understand why John Dory and June feel it's necessary or anybody at this point feel that it's necessary to redeem Dakota. Forgive her. Yeah. Forgive her or do whatever. I mean, she is nuts. Um, I don't see that. I mean, I just don't see that there's, there's a redemption (sighs) there. It's some sort of like BS. We're living up to John Dory's juniors ideals Uh, because yeah, honestly, they also talk about the uh, St. Louis barn burner or barn raiser hmm. uh, where Dory says to June, cause they're in a standoff and uh, Dory says to June, Hey, did, did John Dory, my son ever tell you about the St. Louis barn raiser, which is where he just pulls his gun and Dakota shoots him and June then disarms Dakota or no disarms, I guess one of them she shoots one of those idiots teddy teddy or, or dakota and uh it's 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 bad and then they're just and then they just kind of like climb into the hatch john dory with his new gunshot wound um which is like his second one in two days and know, uh, right? they just climb away while dakota and teddy like are lo- yelling at each other or looking looking at e- looking at each other and looking at john and and john as june and john as they climb down the the hatch and lock it mm-hmm. on their way down so that's pretty cold. They did invite Dakota to come with them, but Dakota's like, "No, I have to see this." Uh, I know. And she takes weird. takes a hot second to murder Teddy because she's like, "I don't want to change. I'm a murderer, and this is what I do best." And she murders him, and that's fine. Uh, honestly, she goes out. I, I'm I'm kind of okay with the way she goes out. I do agree with you that, that John and June did not need to redeem her. That was an unnecessary part of the story to me. They should have both been at their with uh, at the end of their ropes. And not even revealed their positions and just shot the two of them dead right there. Yeah. They don't need them alive for anything. They didn't know there was a hatch. So I guess that's what you kind of get out of that interaction. Yeah. Uh, but then they, they, they get down into, into a, a shelter. We don't really get to see the interior of it. I think maybe a little bit. Then the bombs start exploding. Um, and you see that the like Sherry and Dwight in their shelter... Like are having to hold the door closed and the family's in there with them. Um, Strand and Howard are like ready for the end, but then nothing happens really to their building. Yep. Uh, Morgan and June just hide under a truck on the beach. Yeah, I'm not sure that that would work out so well, but okay. Um, Dakota gets completely Terminator 2'd, mm-hmm. which I was pretty happy about. And the helicopter is apparently going to be able to fly away in this shockwave. Uh, and yep. I'm not sure that no that's problem. the case. So no problem. That's... And maybe it's going to CRM. Like, that's the other thing. It's like, where are they going? Where are they going to go? She'll drop them off. She can't pick up passengers. CRM would have her head on a spike, right? One would imagine. Yeah. So but that's it. And it th- gets the question is, is that whether there's going to be, you know, are we going to have all these characters reunite? They've spread them apart enough that you could see them cutting out some of them and never bringing them back, or I don't even know. But, you know, I'm not unhappy this season is over. It ended in kind of the way I thought it probably would. Um, we'll see what happens, or maybe not next season. <laughs> maybe we'll just bid this to do. <laughs> but uh. I, you know, it started out in such a promising way and ended in a, you know, the way, like, I just don't care enough anymore, which I know is terrible, but you know they've already you're correct i think that you know it's going to set it's all set up with strand as the big bad certainly he's going to be a big question mark if he's not the big bad the obvious big bad but him and howard have like you know old bourbon and records and and antique rifles that's they're set up you know they're ready to go um we'll see how how is it how are any of them going to survive this nuclear fallout area you know, Grace is convinced that they're all going to die anyway. She yep. said as much to Morgan. 
we'll see, man. Um, Goldberg is already doing interviews where he's talking about how next season the zombies are going to be weird and scary. I'm like, well, that's if you remember to write them into the episode, dude. Yeah. If you forget, they can't be. So, all right. Well, it's a wrap. So uh, what do you want to talk about next week? I think we need to jump on Black Summer, right? I agree. I agree. I'm down with that. Two episodes at a time. All right. Let's do it. I'm very excited Take about it. it. I've, I've watched a couple and um, there's some great stuff already. Well, I say you take us out of this then. In which case, I shall say, uh, sorry that we were late in, in wrapping up season six of Fear the Walking Dead. I do think that these two episodes were better on average than most of the rest of the season. I know that other people have been pretty uh, critical of the season finale. I think it sets up some possibly interesting stories for next season. We'll see. We don't have a lot of faith in the showrunners uh, here on on Reanimated. Yep, that's true. But, um, I agree with you. I think they were slightly slightly better quality than we have seen. But yeah. again, I think that the biggest uh, the biggest negatives about the season is the the all the plot holes and you know kind of just kind of not utilizing the strength of some of the different characters and we got to see a little bit of that at the, especially at the end with some of them um so it's again it's this sort of like weird thing where um i think maybe it could start out in an interesting way but we'll you know maybe we'll have to see where it goes but again uh, like i don't know i i'd be okay not watching it which i know is not probably a good sign um but we know i probably will so there's that yeah, we'll um, we'll at least watch it privately and then decide if we want to po- right. <laughs> podcast Probably about it. Um, but if you have thoughts about these last two episodes, please share your um, share your share your thoughts with us on Reanimated uh, or on Twitter at Reanimated Pcast. Uh, you can email us at reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com and our show notes with all the links to pictures of giant koi will be at reanimatedpodcast.com. Right, and until next time, ciao! Thanks for listening, and. Bye-bye.